0: What would you like the power
1: to do? Mobile
0: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Maryland sports fans. There's only one sportsbook in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sportsbook in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick. Right next to Longshots Off-Track Betting. Go to Betfredsports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise must be 21 or older play responsibly for help call 1-800-GAMBLER
3: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak.
4: Monday morning, bright and early. It's at all important time once again. What better way to start off your week rock and roll style? than with us right here, the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my main man right here, Chris Sinzak. What's up, brother? I'm super excited because I just found out Brittany Fox is getting back together again. Yeah, yes. totally. We did that, man. It's it's all because of us. We did that last week right here, Barry Treasure. Everybody around the world listened to it. Brittany Fox heard it, and they said, you know what? Those guys are right. I, so even, yeah. even as far as with that lineup, Mm-hmm. that we talked about right here last week. We are band we are, we are putting the world back together. Yes. We're getting it back on its rock and roll axis. We get and I think we should get 10% of all profits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
4: by the end of the first month we should be able to buy a cup of coffee. So we still need you to hit that donate button either way on the uh, decibelgeek.com. It's always there. Big, bright letters. Can't miss it. Yes. I made sure it was in big, bright
1: letters.
4: (laughs) Also, um, we're we're doing our part to put back some of the greatest
0: bands of all time. You know, help us out. That's right. Led Zeppelin, you're next. I'm getting my Ouija board out. Yeah. Yeah. also, uh, you know, we had a huge response to the the Buried Treasure 2 show. A lot of people lo- liked it and, you know, said it brought back memories of songs and albums that they had forgotten about. And, uh, guys, it's all about. most of those albums you can buy on Amazon.
4: Totally. They're all available on Amazon. But the thing is this if you're going to go get these albums, and that's what we're all about here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, that's what we want you to do. We want you to go buy these albums, we want you to support these artists because, hey, your favorite band just like Britney Fox might check out the Decibel Geek podcast this week and get back together. You never know. We're all rocking and rolling together. You can help us out. The best way to do it is you're buying your music. Your hell, you're buying anything. You go to amazon.com, but first, you go to decibelgeek.com. You go through the banner It's right there at the top of the page. You can't miss it. Amazon.com, it's going to take you there. Anything and everything you buy, they're going to give a little kickback right here to the show, right to the Decimal Geek Podcast. Your boys, you're helping us out, and it doesn't cost you a penny extra. So, you know, whatever shopping you're doing, do it through us. Help us out. We love you for it.
0: And we don't get to see the names of of who's buying the stuff, but we do get a report of what is bought.
4: And yes, we're going to reveal it.
0: Very soon, we're going to start revealing some of the purchases. So if you want to hear what you bought, some of you guys are sick. Um,
4: <laughs> sick and twisted. In
0: the next couple of weeks,
4: we'll be reading off some of the purchases from Amazon. That's going to be fun. Hey, another thing we like to do is check in on our Facebook action because there's always a great conversation going on on Facebook. You want to keep up with everything Decibel Geek, you do it at the website. You're going to find all your awesome articles and stuff there, your T-shirts, everything you want at decibelgeek.com. But what I'm talking about right now is Facebook. you got to get over there and like us. We're well over 2,000 and now people keep liking us more and more every single day. That tells me one thing. Rock and roll is alive and well in 2015. And another thing that that you can do there is send us messages. And we got an awesome one this week, and I want you to check it out. This is from Chris Hoskin, and he's over in the U.K. It says, Hi, Chris and Aaron. I hope you both are well. You'll recall that when I emailed you previously, I was in the middle of catching up on all the back episodes of Decibel Geek. Much of that has been done while in the car with my wife, Maddie, in the passenger seat. While Maddie isn't the world's biggest rock music fan and usually reads or plays on her phone while I'm listening to Decibel Geek, she is catching on to rock music steadily and has, in fact... Been to a few gigs with me. She's seen Heat twice, Rival Sons twice. We love that band. Yeah. And uh, Steel Panther. Wow, I wonder what she thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Most recently, she has become quite a Kiss fan. Late 70s era. So she's into the dynasty, huh? Good nice. album. Uh, from hearing stuff I've played and stuff she's heard on Decibel Geek. Imagine my surprise last week when she told me that she'd been looking to buy something on Amazon and remembered to go via the link on the Decibel Geek website. Nice. Unfortunately, she said she couldn't get through th- th- the, from the UK, so we'll have to figure out. have to look out. into that. Um, it seems that more Decibel Geek is seeped into her consciousness than I had imagined. Maybe we have a candidate for an honorary Geek of the Week. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys, and we are both enjoying every show very much. That's from Chris. Oh, thank Madden. you,
0: Chris. Thank you for spreading the disease to your wife. It's
4: very good. I think <laughs> uh, absolutely that's an honorary Geek of the Week mention. and absolutely. You know, that's very cool. I like to hear that. So, yeah, Chris Hoskin and Mrs. Chris Hoskin, you guys are honorary Geeks of the Week. So cool.
0: So speaking of Geeks of the Week, we should get to the rest of them. These are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter last week's Buried Treasure too. Geeks of the week this week are Pat Catalano, David Alpazar, Aaron Baker, Robin Bennett, Mike Stewart, Matt Ashcraft, Brent Walter, Robert DePasqua, Shane Aber, Devin Fox, Anthony Poole, Trevor McDougal, Wayne Cross, Billy Hardaway, yeah. Mark Mark Alden Taylor, Colin Francis, P. J. Brown, Paul Korn, Mike Blunt, <laughs> Ian Wadley of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Warren Money, James Brendan Dunn, Joe Royland, Justin Hayes, Cal Hens, Joe Lescon Baco, Rob Harris, Matt Severson A Paperback Rocker Podcast, Joseph C. Belli, Wayne Newburn, Brant Cattell, Chad Pollock, Sit and Spin with Joe Stealth, Hoops, DC, Music Mags and Wax, Jens Helberg, Dan Chaput, Sean Franklin, Armando Cerna, TJ Cullen, Steven Atchison, The Mooger Fugger, Podcasts Are the Best, Jerry Wiley, and The Rockin' Donkey.
4: So that is our marketing department and our best friends in the whole freaking world. I love those guys. Absolutely. Sharing it for us every single week. New people coming on board all the time. We like it, but we especially, especially love the people that have been with us since the very beginning totally yeah you guys are awesome we we couldn't you know
0: we we'd have fun just talking to ourselves but it's nice right. to know that other people listen to
4: well it's funny when it first started out when it was like geez, was i, like talking I to wonder ourselves. yeah if is anybody gonna even listen to this and now look you know we're doing pretty and good. and back for then ourselves. it was only if you talk about vinnie vincent but yeah but that's, like, <laughs> <thankfully> that's changed <laughs> You know, someday, we're, we, we hope for you guys that someday you'll be able to say, I remember the Decibel Geek podcast when it first started. Now look at those guys. Yep. And so we're almost there. So we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So we got something special going on today. We thought we'd just have a little fun and play some kick-ass music, because basically what this comes down to is just an excuse to play some kick-ass music. Of course. As usual with the Decibel Geek podcast. So today what we're talking about is awesome album openers. You know, when you get an album, you got to have that song. Right off the bat, that mm. kicks you in the face. You know, some albums have it, some albums don't. But today we're yeah. going to showcase ones that most definitely do.
0: And, you know, and this is by far not a definitive top five or anything. Like, it changes all the time on what sure. my
4: top ones would be. We could do 150 uh, of these. Yeah.
0: like you know, I think a lot of our, it's funny, a lot of our themes, you could do an entire podcast based on that one theme. Right, yeah. But we like to mix it up. So, yeah, we do. So, you know, just like with Buried Treasure that you heard before, you know, you'll, you'll probably hear us do another album openers because there's lots of good ones yeah oh yeah you know you gotta you gotta put the album opener out to to grab the audience by the throat and say this is what this album represents right and this so is, it's a very important the ride
4: we're about to go on yeah. and here we go it has to set the tone for
0: the album you know albums the people that listen to our show appreciate albums right younger people don't know what an album is anymore it's no. like this out al- hey it's a song on iTunes I'll download it right you know but like albums are a special thing and you know especially if we play older tunes you know the the album the opening song has to be has to tell the story
4: all on its own. So today we can't play full albums. That's just too much. We'd no. be here too long. I so today we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna focus on the album openers, and we've got some great ones lined yeah. up for you today. Some maybe a little questionable, but I guess
0: that's a good <laughs> place to we've, start. We've seen each other's picks, and uh, yeah, we might have issues. I wanted to pick a Kiss tune to start off the show. And man, Kiss has a lot of great album openers. Yeah, they're good at it. You know, Unholy would have been an easy choice. Yeah, you know that would have been a good Psycho Circus as much as I I don't like the album as a whole. Fantastic album! It's a great song to open an album, and then it went downhill from there. um, (laughs) Yeah, I hate that album. But um, no, but uh, let's talk about uh, the Kiss album Asylum from 1985. Okay. You know, this is not a go-to album for a lot of Kiss fans. Sure, but we're not talking about the best Kiss albums
4: here. We're talking about album Just openers, but
0: good openers. And this was their 13th studio album, a certified gold, November of 1985. The, um, the, you know, and I'm going to play the album opener. It's a song called "King of the Mountain."
4: It's a great song.
0: And um, this song was written by the team of Paul Stanley, Bruce Kulick, and Desmond Child. And that guy wrote a few songs for a yeah, few people. I trust those three. So this is Kiss with an and. A great document of the late, great Eric Carr at the beginning of this song. Yes. This is Kiss with King of the Mountain.
4: all their pastel glory that's Kiss from Asylum with right. King of the Mountain <laughs> and some people might bag on it but you're right man that is an awesome album it's opener a, it's, you a know, cool song. it's a cool song it's a good aggressive tune it really grabs you although and... I was i
0: was, you know, playing through my choices the other day like after we make our picks I'll pretty much run the songs in order through my uh, computer like yeah. a few times in a row just to listen to them and I was playing this one the other day and my wife walked in the room and she heard it she goes King of the Mountain really <laughs>
4: I am. Yeah. I am the king of the like, mountain. I'm like, you don't
0: think that's good? She's like, that's so lame. And I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't lame in 1985.
4: You wouldn't understand. You're a woman. You wouldn't know. know what it's like to be king of the mountain. Go listen to your you don't in, indie it. rock woman. Just get out of here. You don't understand me. Yeah, I love my wife dearly, but man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not her fault. She'll never know what it's like to be king of the mountain. I said, I don't care, damn it. I like Kiss, even if they did look like the fucking Golden Girls are in this <laughs> movie. <time." laughs> Well, with that theme going, I guess we might as well talk about another band with... Uh, well-known image and i'm talking about twisted sister Mm. now the debut album by twisted sister comes out in 1982 it's produced by ufo bassist pete way Mm. that sounds like a winning combination to me
0: as long as he's a coherent for it yeah
4: (laughs) right released around the same time as albums like judas priest screaming for vengeance aerosmith rock in a hard place and kiss creatures of the night so there's plenty of competition out there for rock and roll You know, Twisted Sister, this is their debut album, but this band's been around for like 10 years already at this point. They paid their dues. So when it comes to the debut album, it's time to make it or break it. And so when you come out with this debut album, you've got to have a song to kick this thing off that it's going to punch people in the face and say, hey, we're Twisted Freaking Sister. And you better pay attention, and this song was perfect for that. From the debut album Under the Blade, 1982, Twisted Sister, what you don't know sure can hurt you. Good evening, good evening,
1: good evening. Welcome to our show if you've got that problem. Same old story.
4: Now that's a kick-ass opening track off a stellar album.
0: It's you know it's a it's a damn shame that they haven't had more album output over the years because there's not that yeah. many Twisted Sister records and in, in a huge career, but. You know what a great band, and you know, and you know, we're a little late on this, but uh, rest in peace, AJ Perro. Yeah, I was
4: just gonna say, you know, with that one, it's got it's got amazing songs on there. The title track, the song "Shoot 'Em Down," "Day of the Rocker," "Destroyer." I love that. Me too. This one's one twenty five on the U.S. Billboard two hundred, which you know, back at that time, it's not bad, but it's not great. They're there's they got their big times are coming yet to them by this point. Right um this album along with relentless touring and grassroots popularity would score them contract with atlantic within a few years twist sister be known worldwide by their outrageously (laughs) awesome music videos Mm -hmm. just kick ass so it made me a fan of rock and roll d snyder mark mendoza eddie ojita jj french and as you said aj perro
0: rest in peace yeah super great drummer so yeah that's a good one twisted sister is a good choice um Okay. (laughs) All right. My next choice is one that Aaron is not going to like. um, Because this is definitely melodic rock. But it's... It's Europe, dude. I loved Europe back in the late '80s. I, I, mm. you know, I'm one of the few heterosexual men that will actually admit to it. I love the Final Countdown. I think that think that's a great album. I even like Carrie. goddammit.
4: it! yeah, yeah, it's a good. Oh man, I forgot about that song till just now. That hurts.
0: That hurts. Maybe I should play that. No, It's not an album opener. But no, I and they even had a song called Ninja. But, um, no, I like Europe from back in the day. I was into, I was all about this kind of stuff at the time, and no, a lot of it has not aged well, and it sounds totally like the late 80s. Oh, it
4: totally does. But
0: um, this is a damn good album opener, in my opinion.
4: Okay.
0: They, uh, they put out the Out of This World album in 1988. It was their fourth studio album, released on August 9th. It peaked at number 19 on the Billboard charts, and it's got over $1 million in sales. Yeah. Produced by a hit-making producer at the time, Ron Nevison, who oh, we've yeah. talked about in the past.
4: Lots of times.
0: He had just finished producing an album called Crazy Nights, which I also will admit that I love. And uh, this song contains one of my all-time favorite guitar solos. You can't deny this is a kick-ass guitar solo. This is Europe from out of this world with Superstitious. Keep on walking.
1: Keep on calling my name, I'll be there And if a mirror should break mirror should It's easy to, take. easy to take Deep down I know that you can Well, I'm not superstitious No Ooh. I'm not superstitious Have no doubt that there's a reason.
4: All right, there you go. You did it. You played the Europe, and I so now admit you want it. Now you want to move to Sweden, right? Sweden sounds nice probably nice this time of year but man that's awesome i that guitar solo freaking ruled
0: yeah it's an amazing guitar solo A guy named key marcello is the guitar player yeah
4: yeah and it's uh that's badass it's a
0: mind-blowing guitar solo
4: i can see where a lot of like the power metal that we hear today kind of oh you know, very influential got a lot out of europe and
0: you know sweden has a lot of big bands out of it now you know you've got uh, eclipse and wet and and um you know hardcore superstar and, yeah. and a lot of those bands and i think a lot of those bands are influenced by bands
4: like europe they I'm were sure. one,
0: some of the they were kind of the door openers because like of those you bands.
4: say europe's been around all these years you know here in the united states we only heard of them for yeah, those few songs and then it's hits. like whatever happened to them they're but huge they're huge the everywhere else yep. and we you just we right before we started we played some of the new <gasps> europe that song yeah war of kings that's that's pretty cool man yeah, they, you know i was watching that going you know i never thought i'd ever say it but <laughs> i really like europe yeah well, there's,
0: it's a great big world out there you know and you know the united states is considered a big power but you know as a lot of you guys listening are not in america and you know right. it's uh, as we've learned over the years that we've done this show there's a lot of great music out there you just have to find it
4: i can imagine somebody living in one of these other countries listening to the despot geek podcast going silly americans
0: yeah i've been going to, to, yeah i just saw europe play in a stadium last right, week you know? yeah
4: they're just here you know we see them all the time they're fantastic yeah. you know i'm sure that happens a lot Like, oh, this is a buried treasure? No, this is something we play here everywhere you go. Right. (laughs) So we're stupid Americans, but, you know, I played a little bit of Europe. Right. So we're doing our best. You know, you got to give us a chance. Yeah. So I guess I got the next pick. Now, it had been three years since Allison Chains had released a full studio album and after finding success the previous year with Toby Wright in the acoustic EP Jar of Flies, it was time to come back and show that Alice in Chains was still a metal band. And I was so excited. Because they're they're still a metal band. You know, they just haven't shown it in a little while. You know, knowing Toby the way that we do, it's easy to show while Alice in Chains were understanding the importance of kicking off this album with a huge punch in the head. And that's exactly what you get with the opener Off of their self-titled album from 1995, this is Alice in Chains with Grind. Now, I think that's a great way to herald the return of Alice in Chains in 95. Self-titled debut, of course, goes number one. It's got a bunch of singles off it again, Grind, Over Now, Heaven Beside You. And it's the final Alice in Chains album before the death of Lane Staley in 2002. Yeah, this is you and I are going to
0: differ on this like we differed with Europe. Yeah, I, I this I was so fucking excited for this album to come out when it yeah, when it was too. coming out. And this is like there was a lot of this is back in the day when you would hear like a lot of hype for an album for months yeah. before it would come out. And I was in college and I remember going to the Tower Record Store in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, the day that the album came out. Super mm-hmm. stoked to hear Allison Chains in their full electric glory. Thinking this is going to be Dirt or Facelift Part Two. Well, no. And then I heard it and I was like, this. I'm not going to say the album sucks because it doesn't suck. There's good material on it. But it's not all heavy. It does not measure up, in my opinion, to those first two albums. No, I agree. I agree. It sounds like a band that was kind of out of ideas, honestly.
4: Well, and to me, it seemed like, you know, they'd enjoyed the the success of like Sap and Mm -hmm. Jar of Flies with the acoustic stuff. And so it was almost like they were expected to add more of that kind of stuff in. And then it takes away from the more metal songs that they were so kick ass at, giving us
0: in like heaven beside you did well at radio and it's a good song but but i always thought it's just that song and and grind the one we just played you know it's got good like that it's got good pieces but i don't think they're good full songs i think there are like ideas that were half finished and then Hmm. you know i think the drug abuse may have been a part of that
4: too i guess there's only one way to find out for sure Doing albums unleashed on this one with Toby Wright. <laughs> I don't want to wow. get. I don't want to get punched. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: not a fan of the album, but it's uh, it has its moments. But yeah, I, it was a disappointment for me. All right, all right. If so you say so. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick a song by a classic band, and this is one of their biggest albums, and from their and it's a bit one of their biggest songs. But I don't give a shit. This is a uh, this is one of this is a song that will grab you by the throat as an album opener. Yes, Aerosmith released "Rocks" in 1976. Um, it was had three Billboard 100, top 100 singles released from this album. One of the first albums ever to ship platinum.
4: They were rocking.
0: It was a, this is Aerosmith at their f- first peak before they hit it big again in the 80s and 90s. I like the
4: first peak better.
0: I do too. Um, this has it's since gone on to go quadruple platinum. And um, it's just a huge, it's a huge, great, awesome song. And I remember I had a friend who was very into corn and bands and, you know, Slayer and Anthrax back in the 90s and would not give a chance to classic rock. Yeah. And I remember I pulled out the vinyl copy of Rocks and put it on and blasted this song. And after this song was over, he's like, and I remember watching him nod his head during the song. And he's like, that's a fucking. Kick ass song. Nice. So this is Aerosmith from Rocks with Back in the Saddle.
4: You can't go wrong. You no. just can't go wrong with ca- something like that. A, for
0: for the '70s, that's a heavy fucking song. Yeah. And it is. Um, you know, on that song, that song features Joe Perry playing a six string bass. Oh wow! And Brad Brad Whitford plays the lead guitar part on that. Oh wow! And um also found an interesting story. A real bullwhip was intended to be used for the whip effects, and hours were spent trying to get it to crack. The band members ended up cut up and hurt without making any progress.
4: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
0: Eventually they decided the whip effects would be created by whirling a thirty foot cord from the studio, then by firing a cap gun to create the cap of <laughs> the crack of a whip. Yeah, you gotta do so. what you gotta
4: do. You got these crazy guys that are partying hard. They're supposed yeah. to be trying to make this sound effect, but instead they're just playing with it. And beating the shit out of themselves. Beating the <laughs> shit out of themselves and each other so yeah oh let's try something else but uh, yeah that classic is aerosmith oh, you gotta love it it's just genius stuff so i guess we're gonna keep going so let's stay in the 70s all right um after led zeppelin's contract with atlantic records ends they start their own label swan song records so by 1975 they're ready to release their first self-release and it's an epic double album physical graffiti Mm -hmm. and this is you know we don't play a too much zeppelin around here because you know zeppelin's kind of overplayed for the most part
0: they get plenty of play on classic rock radio right
4: right? and everywhere else so you know that's one of them things where we always try to cheer for the underdog but you cannot deny the power of led zeppelin led zeppelin freaking rocks so at this point to prove that they can make magic without label assistance, and to prove that they still are the biggest rock band in the world, because in 1975, oh hell yeah, Led Zeppelin is the biggest rock band in the world, no doubt about it. Physical graffiti has got to get off to a start that just explodes, and it's got to be a belter, as Robert Plant would call it, Mm. and that's exactly what you get. So from 1975, the classic physical graffiti awesome album and a great way to kick it off with Custard Pie. right? Yeah, that's what they call it. It's an excellent stuff. That's an excellent pick. You know, it's one of the better album openers. And then adding to the rover and on down down the line, shit, man. That's that's. I think Physical Graffiti is probably my favorite Zeppelin album. It's I love great, it. It's a really good one.
1: Yeah. There's right.
4: very few songs on there. Like, Zeppelin's always good for hit and miss, I think, sometimes. Yeah. One but of that the, uh, one's, there's a there's a few misses on there, but a lot of them are weird demos, too.
0: One of the funniest things I ever saw on Facebook was that there's this comedian. He's a comedian named Mike Schmidt, not the baseball player. Okay. And um, he's a big classic rock fan. And one day he posted on Facebook, he says, Somewhere out there, there's a Led Zeppelin fan whose favorite song is Hot Dog. We must find this person and kill him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or Boogie with oh. Stew or something like that. Yeah, yeah I stole the joke. I credited him later.
0: I used the joke. And I said, somewhere out there, there's a Kiss fan whose favorite song is Read My Body. We must
1: find <laughs> this fan and kill him.
0: <laughs> nice. Oh, that is funny.
4: I love it. But Yeah,
0: custard pie is a good pick.
4: <laughs> I like that one.
0: Okay, so... um zeppelin my next pick this is this has a personal meaning for me because it um i remember i was probably about 13 or 14 when i truly discovered metallica like i discovered metallica through the one video as a lot of kids did right um and i loved it but then i had a you know i had i was wanting to learn how to play guitar and i had a friend who knew how to play some some metallica stuff and I was like, "Well, I want to learn one and stuff like that." And he's like, "Well, I want you to hear some
4: early stuff first. Yeah, no, no one for you. Yeah, and he, you're not, you can't have. And he you must hear this.
0: He eventually taught me. I you know you know it's from Ride the Lightning, but he taught me for whom the bell tolls. But he, um, he put on the Kill 'Em All album and hit the lights came on. Yeah. And there's like, you know, you'll have certain moments in your musical listening life where it's one of those holy shit moments. Yes. This, I know exactly what you mean. Hearing Hit one. the Lights for the first time was one of those moments. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I had headphones on and he cranked them up and my jaw dropped. Yes. When it really kicked in. And I was just like, this is. I was like, I'm never gonna hear hard rock or metal again the same after this. Right, right. And that's what, to this day, Kill 'Em All is my all-time favorite Metallica album. It's I not, agree. It may not be their like greatest songwriting, it may not be their tightest playing, but there's just there's something, something about it so fucking reckless and angry about yeah. that album that I just I love it. You can feel it. Yeah, you, you can feel you it. Can, it's
4: not. It's not just that you hear it. You, you experience really, truly, it. exactly.
0: Yeah, it's like it. You get a surge through your body when you listen to this album. Chris, this is an awesome pick, man. No thanks. Um, so, Kill 'Em All was their debut album, released on on July twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three, on Megaforce Records. It has since been certified three times platinum. The band initially initially intended to title the album metal up your ass right with a cover featuring a toilet ball with a hand clutching a dagger emerging from it i remember the t-shirt the t-shirt did so get cool. out and yes. a lot of kids wore it to school and pissed off a lot of teachers <laughs> i were... <laughs> got in a lot of trouble turn that shit inside out yeah i remember that and yeah, uh, me too. megaforce urged them to change this and they agreed <laughs> it's like oh, we're saying our sales go down that toilet um they switched it to "Kill 'Em all and um this song uh James Hatfield actually carried this song over from his previous band called Leather Charm. Oh, wow. So, this is Metallica from 1983's Kill 'Em All with Hit the Lights.
4: Crank it up. Man, I know exactly what you mean about how you say you hear something for the first time and it changes your life. I know exactly what you mean. The same feeling with this album. That yeah, song. That's a just, great song. Oh, skull crusher. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, and I didn't get to, unfortunately didn't get to attend the show, but um, I've listened back when they played uh, the Grimy's record store here when Metallica was in yeah, town for Bonnaroo. Yeah, the surprise show. And I'm yeah. pretty sure they opened with this song. Nice. And I've listened to it. And I'm just like, that song will always give me goosebumps. Me too. That whole album. Yeah, it's an awesome album.
4: That's cool. I like that. Excellent pick. I'm having fun here today. This is a good one. Mm -hmm. All right, so I got the next pick. I guess maybe before we go too much further, we're getting towards the end of the show, but we want to remind you guys, as always, these are artists that we love. We know you love them, too you know that's why you're listening to the decibel geek podcast so we want to remind you as always please support these artists you know they're out there they're putting out new music they're out there on tour they got t-shirts for sale we got t-shirts for sale yeah we do they've got it they've got albums selling on uh, amazon Mm -hmm. we've got an amazon link on our website you go to decibelgeek.com haven't been there in a while holy shit you're gonna freak out when you Mm -hmm. get there Because it's looking good. You're going to love it a lot. When you get there, you find the Amazon link. It's not too hard to find. No, very easy. It's right there. Just open your eyes. Look, there it is. So easy. The best thing you can do is take that, click on it, and then use that as your link every time you go to Amazon. Just leave it on your computer. Bookmark it. That way, when your wife or your kids or your sister or your brother whoever's using your computer, they're going to Amazon, they're helping the Desperate Geek podcast. They don't even know it. Yeah. They exactly. don't even know they're doing it, so they're helping if, us. Even if
0: they listen to, like, fucking Dubstep and Mumford and & Sons, just have
4: them buy that shit through our link. Right, and then look at them later and be like, thank you. And they'll be like, for what? Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just thanks. <laughs> for rock and roll. So that's awesome. That's yeah. a great thing to do to help us out and help all these artists that we, we love to promote and push all the time. That's Absolutely. what we're all about here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. And I've got a band I know a lot of rock and rollers love this band. For me this was something within the last year or so i've really started to check out because i've heard people talk about him for a long time but i never really truly gave him a chance a true chance and i'm talking about ufo mm. you know of course we've heard eddie trunks singing their praises oh, for years yeah. you know and mm. of course you know michael shanker and we can pronounce his name <laughs> yeah. see see how far i've come as a ufo fan in the yes. last year i actually can pronounce that guy's name now Schenker therapy it's awesome, <laughs> and you know what? I love it. You know, yeah. I got I got to thank uh, JBT, oh that, uh, JTB. or JTB, <laughs> <laughs> for turning me on to it because that's the first CD I got from oh, UFO it? Yeah. was when we went and visited his groovy record room. Yeah, and you know, since then. I've been wanting to hear more UFO, more UFO. I mean, I mean, excellent. So movie. in 1977, they come out with the awesome album Lights Out. Mm. And to come out with an album in 77 like that, you know, Kiss is ruling the world. And, you know, obviously in historical retrospect, we see UFO never got that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. But this album, nonetheless, would lead on to the live album, Strangers, Strangers in the Night, of the Night, that everybody considers, considers their classic. Totally. I still like this one. This one's great, too. So you got to kick it off strong. You got to kick off this album strong because there's a lot of great songs on it. And I think they did it right. And this is a great tune for you. So from 77 Lights Out, it's the one and only UFO. And they are too hot to handle. You gotta, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it too. I love it a lot.
0: Yeah, the UFO is a, a highly underrated man. We need to. We probably
4: should do a whole UFO discussion one of these days. Really should. We should get in somebody that really knows we what they're talking expert. about. Who, who? Who's a UFO expert? We could get back on the show. That could really school us. We'll, that, we'll figure it out. That
0: never talks about
4: kids. <laughs> no. um, if we could get him on the yeah. show just one time just to tell us about UFO. That'd be interesting. Eddie Trunk. It's, Everybody put out the word that we want him on the show to, to school back, us about UFO. on UFO. Just UFO. Nothing else. That would be cool. I bet he'd love to do it.
0: Okay, so I got one more to go. All right. And, uh, you know, I said this isn't like a top, a real top five or anything because it changes a lot. I will say at the moment, this is my favorite album opener of all of them. Okay. And, um, it's not a kiss album, um, and this also comes from an out from a band discussion episode that we've done on the show. So here's me getting educated. Um, until we had uh, Metal Tim Henderson from Brave Words come on to talk about Judas Priest, was I was great. I was a peripheral Judas Priest fan. You know, I I liked a handful of songs, but I never really delved deep into the album the catalog.
4: I think I was like you.
0: Yeah, I just yeah, you know I, I know I had a couple albums. I had Screaming for Vengeance and everything, but right? And there were songs
4: that I knew songs, I really liked,
0: but I was never like big and the priest you know and then uh, in preparation for Tim coming on I started listening to everything and you it's know, all good and I was like, man there's a lot of great stuff here and, you know and I, like now I see what the hype's all about right especially because there's so much diversity through their catalog too and you know, like some people think that's a negative I think that's a positive I like seeing bands try you know take chances right only ACDC can get away with that right there's not many yeah. DCs out there. So
4: Metallica can get away with it too, uh, and they probably should to a point. I mean, if they go back to kill them all, well, that'd be nice. That'd be awesome.
0: But so you know, so but the picking of Judas Priest, they've had a lot of good album openers too. Shit, yeah, they have. But you know, when I uh, was going through all the the catalog, I was listening to every album, and uh, I got to Defenders of the Faith that came out in nineteen eighty four, and then I heard this song, and this song fucking kicked my ass, and I I've gone back and listened to it a bunch of times since. This was their ninth studio album, came out January 4th of 1984, certified platinum, and uh, yeah, this is Judas Priest with Free Will Burning. Mighty Judas Priest with Free Will Burning. That's got to be one of the greatest songs of all time. That's just just an ass kicker from start to finish. And uh, that was recorded at Ibiza Sound Studios in Ibiza, Spain, mixed from September to November 1983 at DB Recording Studios and Bayshore, Bayshore Recording Studios in Coconut Grove, Miami, Florida and uh They're free, all over the place free will burning was the first single on the album and came out in uh late 1983 so this out uh, this song came out a few months before the album actually came out
4: this song is so fucking kick-ass that not one continent can handle completing <laughs> the whole thing we have to spread it miles. at least you know a hundred thousand miles from each other for yeah. each part of the process or it could bring apart the end of the world right right so yeah, I'm glad they did that. They took the precaution. Thank we, you, priest.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a, an amazing song. And um, I love it. If you want to hear some cool uh, Judas Priest stories, listen to our talk with Tom
4: Harper in our archives. He uh, roadied for Priest for a while and had some really good stories about those days. That was very cool. Yeah, always, you know, we everybody's welcome cuz we know not everybody that we listed in geeks of the week you know all them people that are here since so long you know yeah. been with us every single week we love There's them so much
0: finding the show all the time yeah
4: you might be just discovering this for the first time today because you love ufo and some podcast is actually talking about that band holy well, shit maybe, you know yeah, maybe some robot you know turned you on to maybe it. some robot on the internet yeah, yeah turned metal you on with metal balls they're yeah. shiny i've seen them <laughs>
0: half the people listening are like what the fuck is he talking about
4: i'd say probably more than half (laughs) but at any rate you know check out desk com. yes check us out on facebook that's where you can get it on the conversation itunes uh itunes you know so important take the time you know you're new you're just checking us out you know you're digging it go back into the archives check out some of our older stuff and then once you get the gist of what's going on around here leave us a review especially if it's five stars we like those those. they're shiny like balls (laughs) Like metal balls.
0: That's took a weird turn. All right.
4: So all right. I guess we're going to wrap things up for the day. We're, we're having fun. I like this album openers. This one is very cool. I like this one a lot. I think this is a great way to end the show because, of course, after all, we are the Decibel Geek Podcast. Now, we're talking about back in the day, around 84. Kiss didn't wait long after the Lick It Up tour ended to bounce back from losing Vinny Vincent. Mm-hmm. They didn't stick. They didn't wait around long. They hired Mark St. John and got right to work on Animal Eyes, which came out later that same year. Mm-hmm. That gives Gene and Paul the entire year to go around doing interviews, telling the world that Vinnie Vincent was a self-destructive person. I did almost pick. I've had enough into the fire. Yeah, that's a great album opener too. Yeah, very cool. Um, you know, in typical Vinnie, Va- Vinnie Vincent fashion, the guitarist disappears from public for about a year before returning to form the vinnie vincent invasion right now at this point vinnie vincent has got a lot to prove and it's going to take a mind-blowing song to kick off this album and A mind-blowing video and a mind-blowing video well <laughs> yeah that's true too With fire <laughs> you know but you got to think about it you know vinnie vincent has got a lot to show at this point mm-hmm. you know he's Kiss has been on the road for a while. They got a new album out. Vinnie Vincent's kind of been gone for a little bit. He comes back. You know, all day, all anybody knows about Vinnie Vincent is that he was in Kiss, and he got kicked out, and Gene and Paul told him that he's a self-destructive
0: person. Yes.
4: You know, that's all anybody knows. So he's got to come back and show what he's all about. And I think with this album opener, he totally does. Listen to the guitar fucking playing on this song. Holy shit, you know? Nobody can ever question at this time in his career Vinnie Vincent's guitar playing skills because he lays it down. Oh, totally. Not going to get any argument from me. All right. You got <laughs> anything to add before we rip it out here? Oh, he fucking he rocks, man. Totally does. So, from 1986, this is a great way to kick off the debut album. It's the Vinnie Vincent Invasion with Boys Are Gonna Rock. And we'll see you next week. See ya.